No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. From first place in the Western Conference in mid-February to the to fir- the first team eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs at the end of April, the Winnipeg Jets season has come to an end. So is Ginsburg. I don't know. Where did he go? I... <laughs> Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all those joining us this morning now as the clock strikes midnight, we say good morning, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. That's an unhealthy swig of liquor that Mr. Ginsburg just took, so you know you're in for a doozy of an Illegal Curve post-game show. Ooh, now I'm ready to go. Alongside Dave Manuk, alongside Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss the end of the Winnipeg Jets season as they go into Vegas and no-show a critical must-win Game 5, resulting in the end of the regular season. They lose 4-1 tonight. They lose the series four games to one. The Winnipeg Jets, as we know it, I strongly suspect, are going to go through an off-season of upheaval. Gentlemen, good to see you both on this Friday morning. Uh, Ezra's already drinking heavily, so Dave, I hope you're the sober of the two. I have to say sober. I don't have a choice, Drew, because see that banner right there? That's the Manitoba Moose one that we will have to turn our focus to and, of course, become a Moose show starting tomorrow and with Game 1 uh, between the Moose and the Admirals, it is rather fitting. So i got to keep my focus ready to go here on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, Illegal Curve Post Game Show, and of course, a little site called IllegalCurve.com. Very good. Mr. Ginsburg, good morning to you. Uh, how are things in your world? Good morning. Really, it's 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 technically good morning, but let's let's call it good evening. But okay. yeah, I mean, the season's over here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, that's a good analysis already there. Look, I mean, yeah. this was a... The Jets were certainly up against it, down 3-1 entering tonight's Game 5. You knew that it was going to be a very difficult hill to climb for them to come all the way back in this series. I, I don't think anyone really expected them to come back from down three games to one with the litany of injuries that they've currently got with, of course, Mark Shifley and Josh Morrissey being out of the lineup. Nikolai Ehlers returning to the lineup for today's game. The first playoff action he's had comes in game five after the Ryan Hartman hit uh, that uh, at the end of the regular season. But the manner in which the Jets w- went out, the lack of fight, the lack of intestinal fortitude, I mean, it, you you have to, of course, be reminded of 2018-19, that game in St. Louis, the game six there where the Jets put up six shots after 40 minutes. Uh, it was, wasn't dissimilar to that in tonight's game, giving up a goal within the first minute of the first period, giving up a goal within the first minute of the second period, never mind the other two goals that they gave up in the second period to make it 4 nothing after 40 minutes. But what has to be just the most disheartening is the lack of fight, the lack of response, just the 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 fact that the team wasn't ready to play when the game began, just I think to me spells the end of this iteration 
of the Winnipeg Jets. You can, if this has been the Winnipeg Jets 2.0, and maybe there's already been the Winnipeg Jets 2.0.1, well, I think we're about to see the Winnipeg Jets 2.0.2 after this offseason. Drew, what are you talking about right now? The Jets? <laughs> I know what you're saying here. Um, hi. hi. It's been a great show so far. Um, the Jets have injuries. Uh, the Golden Knights also had some injuries. Braden McNabb and Shea Theodore, last time I checked, are top four defensemen. They are. So I, I, the injuries is bullshit if you're going to use the injuries as the, the main reason why the Jets lost this series here. Look, at the Jets only turned it around, turned it up in the third period, right? Like the Jets were, were the dominant team in the third period, um, but they got Ehlers back. And even though Ehlers hadn't played in what was it, two weeks? I guess April 11th, I believe, was the, the Minnesota Wild game where Ryan Hartman took him out of the game, right? So the, the Golden Knights seemed to get it done, um, you know, without two top four defensemen in McNabb and Theodore, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the Golden Knights are just a better team. And yes, if the Jets had Josh Morrissey and Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti and Mark Shifley for the the, the whole series, I guess, so if you're talking about five games, yeah. I think the series would have gone longer, by the way. But I think that the Jets would have given, you know, pardon the pun, but they would have given the Golden Knights a better run for their money. Um, but when you're missing those players and, you know, you're depending on, you know, guys like Kevin Stenland and, and Carson Kuhlman and Mason Appleton to give you, you know, more offense, you're in trouble. Look, the Jets couldn't, they could, they'd had no answer for Mark Stone, Chandler Stevenson, William Carlson. They had no response for the aggressive Golden Knights forecheck. Um, I mean, look at the, a lot of the goals tonight were self-inflicted, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, admirable that you're able to you know, get a goal in the third period and it looked like Dubois made it a two goal game. And then maybe it would have been a little bit more interesting, but I agree with you, Drew. I think, you know, going into this game, I think, you know, the best that you could really do is hope that you get a game six back in Winnipeg. And we know how much the Jets have struggled at home, right? They've lost yeah. seven in a row. And I made the mistake last show. A lot of people pointed it out. They did win two games in 2021. I was referring to fans in the stands. They have lost seven games in a row, right? So just because the Jets force a game six doesn't mean that they're going to win the series. No. Obviously means that, you know, fans would get one more whiteout. But look. Look, even if the Jets, sorry, as if we're interrupting, but look, even if the Jets lose this game, but they showed the same level of fight that they showed in games three and in games four, then I think people would be accepting of that because yes, you know, the lineup is depleted. I agree with you that Vegas, you know, is, is without two of their top four defensemen in tonight's game in Braden McNabb and, and Shea Theodore. It's just the manner in which they lose. And, 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 and as far as I'm concerned, anything that happened in the third period of today's game is irrelevant. I mean, I see you nodding your head there, Dave. M. You know, you can't go down four. Hundred percent irrelevant. Yeah, you can't go down four nothing in a must-win game and then take some sort of solace in the fact that you didn't give an up give up an empty net goal uh, for the eight minutes that you had Connor Hellebuck on the bench. Uh, at, you know, in the latter half of the third period. You know, you I saw you tweeting about it, Dave. I mean, you know, you may have. To, I, I don't even know if you named him by name, but you said if you want to get paid ten million dollars you know, you need to show up in this game. And that's clearly a reference to Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was just absolutely invisible when it mattered for the Winnipeg Jets in this game. And by and large, in all the games since game one, when he was so when he was so uh, prevalent uh, in, the, in the Jets' only victory in the series. Like, I mean, the fact of the matter is that these guys, we don't 
create these narratives. It's not like I said one day, hey, I'm going to put this guy into this category. And then I tried to fit, create, you know, make sure that I could prove my narrative after the fact by, you know, amending things. You know, I mean, Mark Scheifele is the one who said, I want to be one of the top players in the same breath of Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews. We didn't force him to say that. He, those were his words, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I'm not saying that Pierre-Luc Dubois said he's worth $10 million. But the fact of the matter is that these guys, you know, this is the, we know this is what they're thinking, right? Oftentimes. And, and so all I said was, if you want to be a guy who is worth that kind of money, then you have to show up. And you have to show up when your team needs you because they're down, you know, a guy who scored 42 goals in the regular season and a defenseman who had 75 points in the regular season. And, you know, with all due respect to Neil Pionk, who tried to step up for Josh Morrissey, he is not Josh Morrissey. And we saw it in the series. If you remember, you know, Josh Morrissey going down similar to when Dylan DeMello went down against Montreal and the Jets just didn't have the answer really in that series. Obviously they lost Mark Shifley due to suspension. Coincidentally, right. no Shifley and no defenseman, one of the top defensemen and similar, similar things are transpiring. But to me, you know, you needed Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, you wanted to be the big dog. Well, if you want to be a big dog, as he's hundred percent right. You don't blame Kevin Stenland. You don't blame Carson Kuhlman. No. You don't blame any of these guys. Although, hey, Mikey Esamon scored a pretty important goal for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, so I guess I guess they figured out a way to use him. Goal well, and assist, uh, in two, including the assist on the game winning goal. I'm shocked the Leafs lost tonight. <laughs> but but anyways, let's stick let's stick to Jets talk because we got you know everybody but here. You're focused. absolutely right with your point there, Dave, and that's going to lead into a discussion uh, today on this post game show, and again on Saturday morning on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show about the roster construction right. and, and and the roster mismanagement because you know look, Kevin Dayoff is now uh, squarely uh, you know in any other market. He would he his job would would be would be in question. Look at and Pittsburgh, it, it, Drew. Just to just to just to illustrate your point, I agree with you. Look at Pittsburgh, right? How quickly did Mario Lemieux and Penn's ownership get rid of Ron Hextall uh, and get rid of Brian Burke and uh, who was the other guy prior, the, right? The entire front office. Yeah, with, like I mean, they fired the them the day after the season ended, right? Like so. Yeah. To your point, and and you look at some other franchises that that have gone through you know, several regimes over the last decade. The Jets obviously have only had one general manager. Jets, as you were talking about with Jets 2.0, There hasn't been a point zero one or 0.2 because we're still on Kevin Dayoff 1.0, right? So <laughs> I think those questions are going to come up. This was a year, um, you know, in which you had to do better than just squeak into the playoffs and then get knocked out in the first round in, in five games because of the fact that you've got Shifley and Wheeler and Hellebuck and Dubois and their contracts expiring, right? So I, I think there's absolutely th- going to be those questions, Drew, about how this roster was constructed and how adding Nino Niederreiter and Vladislav Nemestikov was nice towards the end of the season. Right. But once in the once you get into the playoffs, I mean, all due respect to guys like Niederreiter and, and Nemestikov, you can't compare those guys to Chandler Stevenson and and Mark Stone and well, William and, Carlson. And, and look, and and I've been saying this for years now, and you can go back if you want to go find the old TSN 1290 pregame show, you know, when I spoke about Chandler Stevenson. They got him for a fifth-round pick. 
What and a look at the impact that he's had. Vegas had traded to the Washington Capitals a fifth round pick. And Where that's after they... Washington beat Vegas in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, 2019. Right. Yeah. Where are where are the instances of the Jets showing foresight when it comes to player evaluation? When it comes to finding a player, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a hidden gem. Well, they found one in Mikey Asamont and they let him go for nothing. You know, when Tampa Bay is acquiring a guy that you let go for nothing, you've done something wrong. You can generally just take that to the bank. Look at, you know, Johnny Kovacevic. And, uh, you know, look at the season he had in Montreal this year. And then mm-hmm. you look at the Jets' back end towards the end of the season. I mean, it's I actually just, thought Kyle Capobianco was really good tonight. I, I didn't have a problem with Kyle Capobianco. There's no question. You know, he was perfectly fine. But, look, if, you know. And anytime he played for the Jets this year, he was perfectly fine. But it's just, again, mismanagement of an asset because there's no way that if you put Capo Bianco on waivers that, you know, he's going to end up being a regular in the Montreal Canadiens lineup and look like a stalwart there for 82 games or however many games Kovacevic played. But I think he again, played about six. I think he ended up playing 65. Okay, well, a, a very yeah. significant he number. He would have come close to that with the Jets. Of course. Well, I know. But I mean, it's just there's there's – where True. Is- this is the same organization that let guys play their 82nd game yeah. instead of getting guys like Leon Gavonke, who is a 2017 fifth rounder, scored 20 goals, set the all-time moose record for goals by a defenseman. And you could have gone him into a game. It was a meaningless game for the Jets. I'm sorry. Could have been given those guys like a night off. And instead you played them. Well, well, I'm glad you got them in. But again, like it, it creates like ill will. Like here's a guy who you could have said, okay, we're going to throw you a bone. We're going to give you your first NHL game. It's they, they do this kind of stupid shit all the time. It makes no sense. The Eric None. Comrie mismanagement from. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Eric Comrie. Well, he was going to get paid too much money. Okay. Sure. Yeah. David Redditch is real. was really the answer. You know who would have looked good as a backup right now? Lauren Brassois. Well, look, and, and for the record, I was on Eric. I mean, I would have been fine with Eric Comrie. Staying obviously, as everyone here knows. So I'm not. Uh, I'm just saying that. Yeah, I mean the Eric Comrie thing was ridiculous. To not. It didn't to make not... sense when it happened. It still didn't make sense a year later. None. none. I mean, absolutely. And, and 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 that's just it. I mean, and and, it goes... and, we, and Drew, just, just to quickly finish though. Yeah. I mean, David Rich wasn't good down the stretch, right? Right. Think about all those games that the Jets lost. Think about the Jets' different position. If the Jets again have the ability to rest guys, have the ability to cruise into the playoffs. And instead, try and like force their way in. And look, Connor Hellebuck wasn't great either. Played him thirteen straight games. He got he got a day off at the last. He got a day off for game eighty-two. Mm-hmm. It just it it was it was you know poorly managed from the beginning. I mean, and, look, and it, I don't it, think hey, I don't let's think because he was all was going downhill. Down. It was all going downhill after when Drew called the the Jets elite. Once it Drew called the Jets elite. It's it true. was over. Yeah, it's true. It's that all was my a kiss fault. of death. Yeah, I, and I keep saying shut out. I, I I kept saying shut out all the time as well. And you know the power true. that I have. It's just, and it, you know, it all feeds one into the other. You have the organization, you know, trying to sell season tickets by and, and getting people to part with their hard earned money, and you're trying to you you. What are you selling? Are you selling a vision? Because if there's a vision, articulate it. You know, where is the vision for this team moving forward? What is this team moving forward? Scheifele's I think they're going to run it back, Drew. Honestly, would it surprise you? Would it surprise you? I, I think you're being tongue-in-cheek. As I you. think I am being tongue-in-cheek, but I think this year it would surprise me just because I don't think 
I, I, I don't think you can hang on to all of these guys that have expiring contracts. I just don't think you can. Like, I, I don't, I know some people want it, want every, like the, the old clean house, right? There's some people that want Shifley to be traded, Dubois to be traded, even Hellebuck, who you could get a huge return on, right? But I don't think that all these guys are going to be traded, but I don't think it's going to be the same as last year. I just don't think you can. I, like, could it happen? Of course it could happen, right, Drew? Um, I just don't think it'll happen because this year, in a way, was more disappointing than last year, considering that you were first place in the Central Division, and then you just squeaked into the playoffs, right? Like, you're fighting off the Nashville Predators, who were big-time sellers at the trade deadline. The Predators almost got the second wild card spot mm -hmm. with a group of players. Half of their team was the Milwaukee Admirals, right? So, to me, this season was even more disappointing than last year when they missed the playoffs entirely. So, yeah, I, I do think there are going to be significant changes, but there's no way I can tell you, you know, how how big those changes are going to be because we know how loyal Mark Chipman is to Kevin Sheveldayoff. The Jets, as we mentioned earlier, have only had one general manager since coming over from Atlanta, right? So we'll have to wait and see. And we're going to have lots of time to talk about this on the Saturday show, by the way, because the Jets have already, you know, secured their tea times for this weekend, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, look at the the, the roster clearly you know, it wasn't deep enough to, you know, overcome the injuries to Josh Morrissey and uh, and Nikolai Ehlers, right? Like, e even with Ehlers coming back, I told Dave, like, as we're watching the game here at his place, like, I'm like, how much can you expect out of Nick Ehlers not having played for two weeks coming in game five? Like, I just, you know, I thought he was okay, but I just don't think you can expect him to be a difference maker in this game. No, this was a game, you know, where... Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor needed to be the best players for the Winnipeg Jets. You know, you're right. As they need to be the best player, Drew. They need to be the best players on the ice, period. Sorry, the best players on the ice. Yes, yeah. they needed to be the In best players In addition to Hellebuck, obviously, yeah. And Hellebuck as well. You know, so, I mean, you know, yes. But, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor needed to carry this team because you're right, Ezzy. Nikolai Ehlers, you know, coming back into the lineup, having not played in a couple of weeks, and who knows exactly how healthy he is. He's probably not anywhere near 100%. Not that many of these guys are. They're all banged up. But so are the Golden Knights, for the record. So every team, oh, we're so banged up. Every team is so banged up after this many games. Um, but, the, you know, the Jets' best players needed to be the best players, and they weren't. And Pierre-Luc Dubois, with the exception of game one, had a lousy, lousy series. And Kyle Connor got worse as the series went on, in my estimation, and got less engaged in the series as the series went on. There are problems beyond just the fact that you lost in five games in the first round. Everything about this team right now, you know, there's some teams where you lose in five games in the first round where you can still say your trajectory is pointing upwards. Mm -hmm. This Jets team has had their trajectory pointing downwards for so many years in a row now that you have to come to grips with what they are and rectify that accordingly. It doesn't, it, you know, it, it, it's just, it, it's just one of those things you might not like to do it, but you have to do it and you have to be ruthless about doing so. Well, and, and just quickly, I mean, we will eventually get into the game recap, but I mean, as he's right, this does feel a bit like a Saturday show, but Hey, you know, it's after midnight and we got almost 350 of you here in the chat. So the chat's alive. Folks are smashing that like button, but I mean, look, ultimately I think what it comes down to is what Jets fans have to hope for is a retool and not a rebuild. And, you know, maybe a Rangers style thing where you're less likely to sit, break it all down. And, and again, it's going to take some crafting. 
But that's well, why they, you get they paid. better get a first overall pick and a second overall pick, Dave, because <laughs> I don't I don't know if that happens. And sign Artemi Panarin. I was gonna say, and yeah, exactly. I like I mean, without Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco, I don't know if that Rangers well, will. Let's be honest. My Devils are taking care of them in the first round. I was going to say right now they're not looking so good as he, anyways. Yeah. But look, I, I, I'm not look. I, I'm just saying that the Rangers and and obviously they had Shesterkin, who's who's not looked too shabby. But it's it, I think that folks are being discounted by when you say that they won't stand for a rebuild. And you know, I think like we're, I've got the comment highlighted right now. I think ultimately, like Jets fans need to see a give a shit factor. And I'm not saying these guys don't care. Like obviously, guys care and guys want to win. But at the same time, like you can see it in the type of game they're playing. And, and look, Chandler Stevenson, you know, big boy from Saskatoon, Brent Howden from Oak Bank, Mark Stone, these guys, and, and I'm not, I'm not just saying guys from the prairies are the way, reason you win. It doesn't hurt, but it's, it's almost not like the their GM is from the prairies as well. Yes, exactly. But so the Jets I, GM. yeah, so it's, so is the entirety of uh, everybody in the Golden Knights organization from their, uh, color guy to their uh, their uh, to the lawman color guy yeah exactly so anyways I I just think that there's a a thought process that this t- organization needs to go through in terms of like you guys said evaluating what they have and being realistic about this right now and saying like again the fan base isn't stupid like people sit in the chat and they're list and and again the chat obviously people are passionate people have their positions and some people are wanting more canadians and some people say they want more skill and whatever it is whatever your passion is people have it for this for this team which is good but i mean at the same time at the end of the day uh, these guys need to be honest with themselves and say look we've given this core the shot they wanted i mean you've given kevin Chevalier off the shot he asked you said last year was an aberration you said that this year was going to be better and sure losing josh morrissey after the year he had was absolutely disheartening and 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 changes the the trajectory of the of this series. And losing Mark Shively scored 42 goals for you, the career high for him, absolutely uh, has an impact on this series. And not having Nikolai Ehlers for four games absolutely has an impact on this series. But at the end of the day, you know this that's just the way it is. And so what are you going to do? Oh well, you know what? We had these extenuating circumstances for the playoffs, but really we were okay for the regular season. So therefore, we're going to run. Like no one is going to buy that. No, no one's going to buy. Look that. at a team like Carolina, right? Max Pacioretty's missed almost the whole season. Andre right. Svechnikov has been out for the entire. Will be out for the entire playoffs. They're up three right. two on the New York Islanders, and I, I realize the Islanders have have made it interesting. But I'm just saying, Boston with Patrice Bergeron, like newsflash, other teams also get injuries. You know what I mean? So like you, yes. I, I, don't get me wrong. If Morrissey's healthy for the whole series, if Ehlers health is healthy for the whole series, if Shifley's healthy for the whole series, I do think this series does go to six or seven games. And then we could have the debate, you know, whether, you know, with the way the Jets were playing, if if they could beat the Golden Knights, Dave, but you're 100% right. Uh, you know, the, this, the, the roster was flawed. It was, it, it's a good team. I still think the Jets are, are, are a playoff team. Like I, you know, we talked about it while we, you know, Dave and I picked the Jets, Drew picked the Golden Knights. So obviously Drew's the genius of the group. Um, <laughs> oh boy. You know, I, I think they're much better than the 95 point team. And they were on pace to be like 105 to 107 point team back in January. But we know what happened. They were below 500 for the last three months of the season. So it's obviously a super disappointing finish to the season. But yeah, if most Jets fans, I think, want and expect some big changes this offseason. They want to be treated with respect about where this team is going. 
and, and it and it ties into the season ticket campaign. You know, if you're asking me to part with my hard-earned money, I want to know what I'm buying. Am I buying the status quo? Well, I've seen the status quo. I don't want to pay full full price for that. Am I buying hope? Am I buying the future? Am I buying something that's going to leave me excited? Well, then maybe I'm willing to do that. It's about treating the fan base with respect and giving them the vision. Understanding what the vision is for this team. I still am not certain what the identity of this Jets team is. And that's been the question I've had, not just for this year, not just for last year, but for a number of years now. What is the identity of this Winnipeg Jets team? You know, where is the... Well, it changes from game to game. That's that's that's, the major issue, right? Like, And we saw it even in this series, right? Like, Dave's right. The first game in Vegas, the Jets dominated the Golden Knights. And then everybody saying, people were even saying, and I'm not joking when I say this, people were actually saying that the Jets might sweep the Golden Knights or beat the Golden Knights at five. That's because Drew is calling them elite, as he. Well, exactly. Drew had to use that word again. But no, I mean, so obviously the Jets have that ability in them to play like that. And that was without Nikolai Ehlers. So yes, you had Josh Morrissey and Mark Shifley. But if if you play that system from game to game, you don't need Josh Morrissey in the lineup. You don't need Mark Shifley in the lineup. I mean, look at look at the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights were a 111-point team with five different goalies. They, right? they overcame adversity. They overcame right. adversity. And the Jets overcame adversity early in the season when they had all those injuries, right? Nick Ehlers and Mason Appleton, and right. it goes on and on and on. So the Jets were getting by with you know guys like Mikey Essimont and Axel Janssen-Fialbi, Carson Kuhlman, guys like that. But, mm-hmm. but you're right, Drew. I mean, the identity – I mean, we know that the Jets – have been built on speed and skill. We we know that. The problem is their defense isn't good enough to play certain teams that way. And when you're not playing the run and gun back and forth Edmonton Oilers style of hockey, and then you throw in the fact that their power play struggled big time this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Jets, and then the Jets had to switch the way they were playing. And yes, you have to adjust and adapt your game dependent on, on who you were playing. But you look at this series I mean, the Jets are able, certain players on the Jets at least, like guys like Adam Lowry and, you know, Brendan Dillon, there's certain players that can play that rough and tumble. And that's what the Golden Knights did in the series, right? Like the Golden Knights, it wasn't like, it, like, look at William Carrier, that was his first game. And who did they take out? They took out a guy with, what, 98, 99 games of playoff experience and Phil Kessel. Yeah. And, and yes, Kessel hasn't been one of the better Golden Knights. He had a couple assists and he wasn't bad. So that hmm. says a lot that you're able to take out Phil Kessel Put in William Carrier, and Carrier was he was laying the body on Neil. Noticeable immediately. Was noticeable. He's a fourth line guy, right? So that shows you the difference in in in, that shows you the difference in the depth and in the quality of the depth. The Jets are trying to sell, you know, guys who aren't NHL players. Drew, but Drew, like, go. Sorry, not to cut you off, and I know we usually save the coaches' comments for. I'm going. I want to go right there. That's what I want to go go there. Come on. Okay. Well, let me then you go there, but let me just set you up. Okay. Let me set you up. I'll give you the assist. Okay. okay? So you're talking about the role players, but really, and again, what my focus. As long as Drew doesn't role play, I think Dave will be okay. (laughs) Especially after midnight, is he? But look, the truth is, this is this is Pierre Luc Dubois. Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler, your big dogs. I'm not saying Blake Wheeler is whatever, but like the point is, those are the guys that you needed to step up. Right. And now, Drew, how about it? 
Rick Bonus and his media availability after the game, quote, I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. There was no pushback. The same crap that we saw back in February. That's the Winnipeg Jets head coach. You know, is that is that a guy that's going to be back next year? Not with not. I think that's a guy who's not coming back if the same roster is back. That's to me that him saying uh, that I'm done with this roster. That's what it's telling me is that I'm done trying to get something out of this roster. I've tried all year. I gave it my best shot. They won't respect me. They won't listen to anyone else. That's what that's what I'm hearing from that comment. Is that that's not a guy who has wants any interest in coming back to coach this team if this team remains in, in, in you know constructed in the same manner and he's not wrong and drew mentioned it right like you get scored on early like really early in the game a minute into the game you're less scored on minute, yeah. less than a minute 30 seconds 50 seconds whatever first shot of the game and it's not just that the jets only had a couple of shots midway through the like the first eight to ten minutes was dominated by the golden knights the jets had nothing oh, yeah. going and then the yeah towards the second half of the first period the Jets started to come along, but you, you know, you're already now climbing up the hill, right? Like you're already up against it. And the Jets have had a lot of trouble early on in periods. And then what do the Golden Knights do? They score again early in the second. Mark Stone, who's obviously been a Jets killer in this series, scores early in the second period. And it's the game's essentially over when it's two nothing. Um, you know, you know, it, the you know, yes, the, the third and fourth goals that put the game out of reach, but you got the feeling when Mark Stone scored early in the second, that the third and fourth goals were coming because yeah. uh, the Golden Knights were generating all the offense. So I'm not surprised at all to hear that from Rick Bonus. It's the same type of stuff we heard from Paul Maurice before he quit on the team. He said, you know, Rick Bonus said that the Vegas best players were so much better than the Jets' top players tonight. I mean, Rick Bonus didn't, you know, there, there were no sacred cows here. He didn't was, mince words. He did not mince words. You know, this is... You know, we're, it's not going to be a traditional post-game show where we go through the Betway game recap. I don't think we need to do the goal-by-goal analysis. Oh, no, we're going to do that game. as well. Come on. Well, I'm just going to... Drew, this is our last show, this is our last show the 22-23 season. I'm aware that it is, Dave. We got to get. We got to start prepping for the draft. I mean, the Betway game recap is brought to you by Betway, uh, one of the mo- most trusted voices someone, in sports betting. Sorry, most- someone, someone did uh, text me and say, is it too late for the Jets to fail for Bedard? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little too late, unfortunately. Uh, Betway is the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options in sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. It must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. I see it's up on the screen that says Moose Season. Uh, along those lines, stay with us throughout the postgame show. We have Moose tickets to give away for game one and game two. Is that correct, Dave? Yes, we game do one indeed. and game two of the Moose playoff series uh, against the Milwaukee Admirals. So we're going to give away some Moose tickets on tonight's post-game show. That'll be your reward for uh, for sticking with us late night here on uh, Friday morning, 1230 in the morning, talking about the Jets season coming to an end. And Rick Bonus now napalming uh, the Jets' best players for their performance tonight against Should the make Golden for a Knights. fun plane ride tomorrow. Well, you know, the thing is, you know, you how do you argue with him? You don't. How, how does anybody, how could any player stand up and say, no, I disagree with our head coach? We all just saw what we saw. You know, the look at the teams that were down 3-1 on the road 
that won their game five. Islanders, mm-hmm. Panthers. Islanders, Panthers, Lightning. Yeah, they you're right. Sorry, I missed the Lightning. Yeah. Lightning tonight, earlier tonight against Toronto. They all go into the opposition's barn on elimination games, and they and they and they find a way to win. Boston finds a way to win again. Or sorry, the Panthers find a way. If you're about finding a way to win, it's finding a way to show up before the third Linus, period. Linus Allmark finds saying. a way to give you up. Have a to, you didn't have to. You know what's funny? You know, look, I think you. I think you're going to agree with me, but I'm going to make the point anyways. Okay. Nobody in the chat, all almost 400 of you, are going to sit there and say. You needed the Jets to win this game. You wanted the Jets to win this game, but you didn't need the Jets to win this game. You needed the Jets to show up in this game. That was what you needed, and the Jets did not show up. They didn't show up in the first minute of the first period. They didn't show up in the first minute of the second period. Oh, wait, they didn't show up for lots of times in between. And so to me, that's that's the biggest cause for concern. This is an elimination game. You know, in a game you absolutely had to win, you didn't even show up. Like, that's the problem. It's not about winning sometimes. Like obviously everybody wants to win. Yeah. But it's not just it's, it's sometimes it's about it's the, the way you lost. It's not just it, the loss. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. It's the Here's way you lost the game. More from Rick Bonus. There's got to be pushback. There's got to be pride. You've got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. And that's exactly what you're talking about, Dave. You're talking about just having the professional pride to say we're not going to get embarrassed. We might lose, but we'll be able to hold our heads up high no matter how we go out. We gave it our, our all. And had the Jets you know, done that, then I think the tenor of the conversation right now would be a lot different. It wouldn't be happy. There would still be those who would be saying you need to change things because – I think that's obvious to everyone that you need to change things, but it's the way in which they lost the way in which they didn't demonstrate what it means to be a professional. And I'm pointing at Pierre Luc Dubois, you know, probably primarily that would be my primary focus right now. It would be on Pierre Luc Dubois, Blake Wheeler, I thought he had a game, pretty good series, actually. I thought not, he, had a not, great he didn't series. have a great game tonight, but in games one through four, he was one of the better Jets forwards. Absolutely. He, he gave everything that you could possibly give. He doesn't have any more to give at this stage. He, he gave what was career. in he was he gave what was in him to give. That's right. He did himself proud. If this is his final game as a member of the Winnipeg Jets, and who knows if he if it is or isn't, he's still got that one year left on the contract. You know, he can hold his head up high because he demonstrated the requisite pride, you know, that should come with with playing in this kind of game. Pierre-Luc Dubois managed to both tank his trade value and tank what his next contract is going to be worth in a single, in a single, you know, game tonight. And keep in mind, this is a guy in Pierre-Luc Dubois who quit on the previous team before the Winnipeg Jets. Right. There's a track record. You're absolutely right, Drew. When Look, at on Saturday's show, who are we talking about that needed to step up, right? Obviously, Shifley, and mm-hmm. then he gets injured. So uh, tonight, Shifley, you can't, do, you can't have an impact on the game when you're not playing. So you're right. It was Pierre-Luc Dubois. It was Kyle Connor. Um, you know, it was, you know, Nito Niederreiter to a lesser extent. You needed more from Vladislav Nemestikov. But I don't think anybody really expected you know, a ton of offense out of Nemestikov. Uh, So Pierre-Luc Dubois, 
even though you know he he had the goal that was taken away, as you mentioned, that's in garbage time with you know, what was there three or four minutes left at that point, right? Although wouldn't that have right, made his, the game a little his interesting? Effort level was not, his effort level, sorry, Dave. I was just saying, wouldn't that have made the game a little more interesting? Yeah, I mean, if it's a two-goal game with three minutes left, yeah, I don't think they necessarily tie it up. But they, mm-hmm. based on what happened in, in game three, maybe they do, right, Dave? So, yeah, uh, yeah Pierre-Luc Dubois drew his give a give an SHIT factor. was It was nowhere Did near. Did you already say shit during the show? Yeah. yeah you already, have... You've already sworn during the show. Yeah, they, you already have. True. So you don't have yeah. to, you don't have to play uh, you don't have to play PG uh, you know PG thirteen at this point in time. You're you're in for a dime. You're in for a dollar on that front, there, Mr. Ginsburg. I, I I mean, it's just you know, and again, Rick Bonus has nothing to lose at this stage of his career by being brutally honest. What's he going to do? I mean, if he never gets another coaching job in the NHL, I'm pretty sure he's he's going to be comfortably retired, and he's got the respect of the entire league. So Rick Bonus doesn't have any reason to to hold back. But this is on the players, and this is on management and ownership for thinking that you can that that what happened last year was an anomaly. I mean, and for a few months it looked like it was, but when things started to careen off course in January and in February, and then continued in March, of course, they were like they 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 were they were they were they were stunned. They didn't know how to rectify that. And isn't that the story of this Winnipeg Jets team as of late is that they don't have a clue how to solve a problem when it's occurring. Nobody is willing to grab the reins, be it a player or be it front office and and do something that changes things up. It's the paralysis by analysis. It's the fear and it's the, the, the 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 constant reactivity as opposed to being proactive that has plagued this organization for years now and you can't have it continue this offseason you need to make changes and now instead of being proactive in trying to make changes you now are are, are trying to trade Pierre-Luc Dubois who's got a diminished value apparently he's going to be at the draft in Nashville with his bank <laughs> you know, you, 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 my sources you, are telling me that that's Drew. what your sources are telling you've got mark shifley with a year left to go on his contract and it wouldn't surprise me if the jets tried to re-sign mark shifley i mean 42 goal guys don't grow on trees but at the same time is that the answer because if you're signing mark shifley to a long-term contract then you're not rebuilding or you're not retooling right so you're 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 almost caught in between this rock and a hard place here when it comes to some of these players. What are you doing with Connor Hellebuck? I mean, you you know, I don't know that a retool is an option for this team. Uh, you know, and I know Dave, you you said retool earlier. Uh, you know, the way I look at it, if you're trading Connor Hellebuck, it's a complete rebuild. Now you have some pieces that you can build. Uh, you can build with, but there's no goaltender that's ready to step in to be an NHL goaltender on this jet in this Jets roster or in the, in this Jets organization. So you're acquiring an, a, a goaltender as well in this offseason. You know, similar to when you went out and got Steve Mason. Uh, you know, the, the number of years back, remember when you, when you weren't sure if Hellbuck was ready or not. You're on mute. I can I can't hear you, Dave. I said, and then didn't they have to buy him out? They bought him out, and that's what the Joel Armia, Yoel Armia, when when he went to Cost Montreal yeah. again, more asset mismanagement, and that's going back, you know, 
multiple years now. That's going back, what, five years now? Uh, you know, after the 17-18 season, they have to buy him out in the in that offseason, if I, if I recall correctly. You know, there's just, again, there needs to be a vision. There needs to be a plan. And I don't know that True North and the ownership knows what the plan is. And I certainly don't think that the current general manager is the one who's going to be, should be the one who's able to execute that plan because it's his indecision or the indecision of the people above him Mm -hmm. that has caused this problem to begin with. I would agree with that. And I think, you know, Dale Sawchuk, our good buddy is saying like, who is the core of this team? Well, we know who the core of the team is. The question is, is that core going to be the same, you know, come September? And, you know, I I mentioned it earlier, Drew, like, I think there's a, a, a very strong case to be made that the Jets should not only move Pierre-Luc Dubois, but they should also move on several players. And and we know who those players are. Wheeler and Shifley are, are options to, to move, quite frankly, right? Just based on where they are uh, with their contracts. Now, will that happen? Training Hellebuck is a completely different story. Like, I, I'm not at all in it. Like, the, the Jets don't get into the playoffs without Connor Hellebuck. Everybody right. knows that. I, I and I'm not. I understand that Connor Hellebuck would 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 um, the return would be huge if you traded Connor Hellebuck. But I also think there, without Connor Hellebuck, you're just not going to be a playoff team next year. I just wow. don't know. Like who who? First off, what what would that trade look like? I don't even know. You just don't see Vesna Trophy goalies traded that often, mm-hmm. right? So like like are you trading? Hellebuck to get draft picks to get prospects like you you would assume that they would be getting a goalie so I'm not really on the Hellebuck you know training Hellebuck bandwagon because I just think he's a guy you want to sign long term I don't know if that's going to happen because we just don't know if Hellebuck wants to sign another long-term contract with the Jets so I'm in the camp that thinks the Jets should keep Hellebuck when it comes to Dubois I think absolutely he's a guy that needs to be moved not just because he he has made it clear that he wants to go to Montreal look what look how he performed in the clutch in, in games three, four, and five, right? Like, I, I just think it's inexcusable. Like, he has, we've talked about, he's got God-given ability. Like, he he's a guy who, he is built like a, a power forward. Like, if you went into a lab and you wanted to build a power forward, six foot two, six three, two twenty, you know, hard shot, physical, everybody knows what Pierre-Luc Dubois brings. I just don't think he wants to be here, quite frankly. So, I, I just don't think mm-hmm. he's a guy that's going to be here very long. Um, and then when it comes to Shifley and Wheeler, I know they've been here since day one. Um, but uh, like, are you going to trade both of those guys? We know that Wheeler could have been traded, but they weren't willing to eat half the salary. I don't know if you can trade Wheeler, Dave, without eating half that salary. I don't know how many people want to, to acquire Wheeler and pay that full 8.25 million. I, I, I think what it comes down to is, and again, I'm not saying these guys don't give a shit, but when you sh- saw... Did someone Thanks, just give us a hundred dollars? Yeah, Frosty. It's Frosty. Frosty. Thank you. Very hey, Frosty. generous. Frosty. Very generous. Appreciate that. that is- for, hold on, uh, hold on. Just for the record, I'm getting that. I was the one who had to dish out thousands of dollars on my foundation for my River Heights house. So fair that's, enough. That's going to me. That's going right to Azzy's foundation. But no, I what I was gonna say, thank you very much, Frosty. That was very kind of you. Yeah. Frosty, we appreciate it. I'm we joking. appreciate we'll, it. Each, we'll give, each we'll, and every one of you guys in the chat. Make sure it goes to a good cause. The Ginsburg Your Foundation. Um <laughs> No, but I mean, I, I think I think what folks want to see, and correct me, folks in the chat can correct me if I'm wrong. When they panned to Mark Stone, the look of intensity that guy bring. I, I again, I've talked to people in hockey. 
they, they, and all they talk about is the way that guy brings everyone into the fight. Yep. He brings his group. Everybody is, I mean, you can't look Jesse at Jesse Granger said it, right? Jesse Granger, AKA Drew's lunch mate. Yeah. Um, Granger, Granger said they're a different team. When Mark Stone is playing like Mark Stone, the Golden Knights are a different team. When Mark Stone is not in the lineup, that's what a leader is. He's the captain. That's but, what a leader brings. He gives, it, he brings the team up. He uplifts the team. Well, and again, as he has his play on the ice with his play on the ice. But again, like you, you, like I said, you just have to look at his face and see that look of just absolute like will to win. And you, and you realize like that's it. That's how you win. And I'm not saying again, don't get me wrong. Wheeler's got a very similar sort of style. He doesn't have the abilities that he used to have back in the day when he could do that sort of thing, because he's not what he was, you know, two, three, four years ago. But the fact of the matter is Wheeler does have that level of intensity. You know, and he and he has, but I'm just saying that. But that's why you need other younger guys to take the torch, take the mantle from a Wheeler, like a Pierre Luc Dubois, like a Kyle Connor, and 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 you have to have that intensity. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't see it. I didn't see it in the faces. I'm not saying Adam Lowry doesn't have it, but he doesn't have the same levels of ability yeah. as well, those and, guys. And Lowry and had, four, had great playoffs. He had four he had goals playoffs. in the series. He dropped the mitts. Right, like nobody is gonna like Lowry left it all out there, and and remember how good he was down the stretch for the Jets. For sure, Lowry. I mean, he did everything he could do in this game. You're not gonna say, oh well, you know, we needed more out of Lowry. Lowry, Appleton, and Morgan Barron was your best line. The third line was the when when it was Barron, right? Because obviously, previously without the injuries, it wasn't Barron. It was uh, Niederreiter, right? Yeah. So regardless if it was Niederreiter or Barron. Lowry and Appleton. I thought Appleton was great in this series. And again, Appleton's not a guy that you're going to expect a ton of offense out of. You want him to kill penalties. You want him to be, be aggressive in the forecheck. You want that energy. And to Drew's point, I mean, when you don't see that from your top six guys, like Pierre-Luc Dubois, like Kyle Connor, when you don't see that those guys have it early in the game, it, it there's a ripple-down effect, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay. I mean, how many people thought and you know we'll hear it in the chat how many people thought when the jets gave up that early first goal i don't think a lot of people had had a good uh, outlook on tonight's game no they uh, they didn't and and nor should they because they they saw a team that wasn't prepared to play that wasn't ready to play and i i don't think that adam lowry uh you know wasn't ready to play or mason appleton but again pierre luc dubois kyle connor you know kyle connor is a big question again you know if you're you know, it, 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 if you're not re-signing Connor Hellebuck, or if he's not interested in re-signing here, then you're probably trading him. And then, you know, what are you doing with Kyle Connor? I mean, you I can't trade everybody, Drew. You actually do need some players to play the game. Well, I mean, or do you go full scorched earth rebuild? Drew, and then you literally you can't to... trade. Every, you can't trade every single asset no. that you I have. Know you can't trade scorched, every single... scorched earth. I think Drew would be trading Dubois, Shifley, and Wheeler. That would be scorched earth. Well, I, I don't think you have to trade Wheeler right now. I don't think Wheeler is the is, is the problem. But or Shifley and Dubois, right? Like if you, I'm pretty sure you know trading your top two centers would qualify as scorched earth. That would yeah, qualify. Sure, close. I can I can I can live without it. I can live with your assessment there. But I mean, you know. If I mean again, you're between the rock and the, so Dubois, I think, is gone. I mean, I just don't see any way that he's that he's that he's coming back. It doesn't make any sense. He has never expressed any real interest in being here. Everything points to him going to Montreal. You know, the curious question is: Does is there even a trade out there for him? Because everyone thinks he's going to Montreal as a free agent. 
know, who's giving on this, you know, the only, you got to hope that there's a team who thinks, you know, who's happy to take him for one year because he's going to put them over the top or, or something, you know, for that in that one year. Yeah. But, you know, if you're Mark, if, you know, if Mark Shifley, and again, there was a lot of ch- chatter that he might not even be back for this season. You know, if Mark Shifley doesn't express any interest in re-signing, well, you got to trade him as well. So you, you, you might go scorched earth, even by even if you don't want to go scorched earth because the players are so close to having that leverage and this is part of the problem and part of the issue as i was saying about roster mismanagement because you it shouldn't ever sort of get to this point in time where you're at the mercy of your of your players in determining your future actions and that is i think part of the problem and part of the issue that we're experiencing and part of the problem with Kevin Sheveldayoff as general manager, he never did anything to deal with the Dustin Bufflin departure. I mean, you know, you know, I in the immediacy of it occurring, I can understand why you might not necessarily be able to pivot so quickly. It happened. It was a surprise. It should never be a surprise, but let's forget about that and let's give him the time and say, yeah, okay, fine, it was a surprise. But how are you going to deal with it? What are you going to do to solve that problem? What are you going to deal? How are you going to uh, adjust to this unexpected occurrence? And the Jets have never adjusted to any unexpected occurrences, and they've never done anything with that's got the word proactive at the forefront of it. And you can't always be reactive. I know that you always want to be cautious and I understand that you want to be conservative and you don't want to act too rashly or act too quickly. But at some point in time, somebody needs to realize, Hey, Jack, you know, trade Jack Roslovic and get Mark stone and see what that does to your team rather than be, you know, conservative and holding on to see what Jack Roslovic would actually uh, you know, materialize into, you know, these are the things there, there's, it's like, you're afraid to pull, you know, to pull. I the feel trigger. like this is a bar mitzvah, by the way, like with all this money that's coming in, I'm loving it. <laughs> you know, and we thank everybody for this, this is very generous of, of all you good folks who are joining us at uh, almost one in the morning, uh, almost 400 of you joining us here on the illegal curve post game show. We remind you, we don't go anywhere. The post game shows might end the Saturday shows go strong. So we'll be back Saturday morning, 9am for the illegal. Wait, aren't we doing a moose post? game show now i don't know we can talk about that after by the way i don't know if you guys noticed that ali k is in the chat i did i said earlier so hopefully ali k is still watching but great to see ali k because we kind of lost touch with her a little bit um for those of you who don't know uh ali k is from arizona and if you don't know you should have read the little site called legalcurve.com where we called it but the incredible odyssey i may have called it journey of ali k from milan to minsk and from phoenix to winnipeg she joined. She came to Winnipeg uh, uh, years ago for the for the Jets for the first game. game. For the first game, yeah. she 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 was a, a Remus is even there's Remus. Remus is in the chat and he's acknowledging uh, Ali K as well. That's how you know she goes way back Remo. with us. Uh, in fact, for the record, but Drew, to get the story right, straight, Allie K came to Winnipeg because she was a she was in Arizona. She lived in Arizona. Yes. She's not from Arizona originally, though. Just she's from Michigan now. originally. Yeah, she's originally from correctly. Michigan. Yeah. but but she she was a big supporter of Winnipeg getting a hockey team back, and so she actually flew to Winnipeg for the first game without a ticket. She had lunch with us at a tavern, if I recall correctly, and then we were going to the game, and we told her. Ali, just try and go to the roll call or will call, sorry, no. and see if you can get yourself a ticket. 
She and did while she, we were broadcasting from there. That's we right. Were broadcasting, but she, I mean, she was standing in line. Right. And she stood in line and she got a ticket into the game. So Ali K was a legend, flew from Phoenix, got into game one. She was there from the beginning. Huge IC supporter. So thank you, Ali K, for joining Love us. Ali K. There you go. Exactly right. But I mean, going back to what I w- was saying, again, there just needs to be. There, there needs to be a change for this Winnipeg Jets team. You know, there, you know, unfortunately, everybody and everything in life has a shelf life, and it doesn't mean that Kevin. Except for, except for these three bozos. By the way, Drew, on the you're fired. Okay, show. Thank you. You know, Kevin. Oh, yeah, Drew, we got some bad news after the show. That's fine. You can give me the bad news after the show all you want. It doesn't mean that Kevin Shovel Day off can't work for True North. It just means that somebody else needs to be the one making the decisions. Oh, boys, and, I, forgot to tell, I forgot to tell you. I've actually, Zinger called me. I'm now the uh, GM of the Winnipeg Jets. Congratulations, Dave. And we're all in trouble is, is, is what it basically boils down to. <laughs> no, but, it's, you wouldn't be in trouble. Just everyone would be like, why are the, all the Moose players playing for the Jets? And all the Jets have been sent down to the Moose. Well, it, you know, it, there's just obviously shortcomings, at, you know, when it comes to roster management. And talent evaluation. Now, that's not solely on him. That's also on some of the pro scouts for the Winnipeg Jets. But, you know, they haven't been able to unearth players to really develop. They're trying to get these guys who are fringe AHL, MHL guys. And they're trying their hardest to turn them into NHL regulars. And they might be NHL regulars on the Jets. But ask yourself, how many of the guys that are in the bottom of the Jets lineup in today's game or in this series, we're going to play for Vegas. Were any of them? Were ev- any? And this isn't me insult trying to be insulting to Kevin Stenlin or Carson Kuhlman or Saku Manalainen, but or or Alex Johnson or uh, Axel. Axel Johnson Fialbi, uh, you know, in Game Five in Game Four. But those guys aren't going to aren't wouldn't make Vegas's lineup. They wouldn't crack Vegas's lineup. I'm not entirely sure Mason Appleton would crack. Vegas's lineup. He probably would, but it's a question. It's again, the Jets are not developing players and you know to the same level that so many of their opponents are and it's part of the problem when you see what it comes to the performance on the ice. These guys that are strictly heart and soul without the requisite talent to be NHL players only can get you so far. And that usually is maybe the first round of the playoffs. Sure. And I, I think, you know, we would all agree that the bottom six is a lot better. The fourth line specifically is a lot better than it was when, you know, the Trevor Lewis, Nate Thompson regime, you know what I mean? Right. Like, sure. and, and Matty Perot was a guy that's always pointed to as that guy who could play on the second line, third line, fourth line. But you're right, Drew. Like I said earlier, bringing in Nito Niederreiter and Vladislav Nemestikov was, was effective at the time. But when you're going up against a Golden Knights team, who, you're right, and we we talked about this. Um, you know, the Jets had the big advantage in goal, even though, you know, I would argue Brassois outplayed Hellebuck in this mm-hmm. series, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird to say um, because yeah. nobody really ever outplays Hellebuck unless it's, you know, Andre Vasilevsky or, or UC Saros or, I guess, James Reimer or Karel Vamelka. Um, obviously, I'm joking, <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're, they're, they, they just weren't deep enough to overcome, like we said, the, the injuries to Mark Scheifele and Josh Morrissey. And I've said it, you know, many times before. And, you know, I, I'm not a fantasy GM. I'm not an NHL general manager or assistant general manager, and I, I never will be. But I, I do know that the Jets needed a shutdown defenseman. And and look at this series, right? Like, you don't think Matias Ekholm would have helped the Jets? You don't think Vladislav Gavrikov would have helped the Jets? Or, or, you know, a guy that we talked about several months back, like who obviously was never going to be traded, but a guy like Mackenzie Weger. Like, I think the Jets' defense is good. 
but it's just it's like average to slightly above average. And then you look at the forward group and then you take out Mark Shifley and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it looks like a very average group of, of forwards after, as we talked about, after Pierre-Luc Dubois, after Kyle Connor, uh, after Blake Wheeler, right? So yeah, the, the Jets probably should have been more proactive early in the season, Drew, to your point. Bringing in Carson Kuhlman and Axel Janssen Fialbi was, was okay, bringing those guys off of waivers. But as we talked about, you also lost Mikey Esimont. Mm-hmm. If he was still a member of the Jets, most likely would have been, he would have played all the games down the stretch. I don't think he was coming out of the lineup at all, right? So there's a lot of decisions that have to be made. And to your point, Drew, about the vision of the Jets organization, they have to determine, you know, is is this team going to do a bigger rebuild, a retool? And then you decide, after you've answered that question, then you decide what you're going to do with some of your core players. But there's no way that you can run it back this year, but especially in a year in which you're trying to sell season tickets. Like you said, the Jets, for the first time, since they've been back, don't have 13,000 season ticket holders anymore. So they need to, to make sure that they get it right this summer. And as he not only did they not have 13,000 season ticket holders, but all those folks that remember they were trumpeting, we've got all these people on the wait list. We've got all these people on the wait list. I believe the wait list is gone. So, I mean, <laughs> so, nothing so, believe about it. Wait list, yeah. the wait list is gone. So, what I'm saying is that you're now trying to repopulate things. And part of, look, we're not here to shit on the Jets. Like that's not what the purpose is. We don't do this show just to just to denigrate them. I think it's part of what they need to do is they need to open their ears and listen to their fans, and you know, and and listen to what people have to say about this organization. And and sure, it's 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 interesting to be doing an autopsy show, you know, moments after the season ended, and usually you have some sobering second thoughts. But I mean, look. The reality is when your head coach goes off the way he did, and we haven't even heard Rick Bonus live, but I mean, if you look, I, I briefly looked on Twitter, and Twitter is a Twitter right now on the the way that Rick Bonus has gone, you know, after his team this year, this 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 evening. So I mean, to me, this is a it's it's definitely an interesting storyline, and it's something we've obviously spent the majority of this evening talking about is you know the, the direction of this organization. And I I'm think still waiting to break down the first channel Chandler Stevens. Well, we're going to do that right after we come back from break, Ezzy. But don't worry. So we'll get into the get Betway game recap. You know, because we got to thank our friends from Betway. And and as as Drew has said, folks, and I appreciate that. You know, it's been 400 strong almost the entirety of the show. We ain't going anywhere. We got plenty of first of all Jets content coming your way. We've got Moose content, some ice content because there's Moose and Jets are, and the ice are still in uh, their game ones are both tomorrow here in Winnipeg. We're going to give away tickets to the Moose game. I've got tickets, so if you want tickets, hit stay me tuned. up with. The, stay tuned. Stay tuned. How about stay that? Tuned. Yeah, Leave dun, it as a dun, teaser. Dun. Exactly. Stay tuned. More of the illegal curve post game show coming up after the break. This has been the Betway game recap. It's brought to you by Betway. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. More of the Jets and the Golden Knights analysis. More on the Jets post mortem. Where does the team go from here? Don't go anywhere. It's uh, 1 a.m. Friday morning. We're live on YouTube and all of our social media platforms. Smash the like button as we head to break. 
Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on. There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G R Y D Park and use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 
Shortly after one in the morning, welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsburg for the final time in the wee hours of the morning for this 2022-23 Winnipeg Jets season. Of course, Saturday morning's Illegal Curve hockey show will continue to go strong, so you'll be joining us each and every Saturday at 9 a.m. We might pop up with some extra shows here or there, depending on how things shake out for the Winnipeg peg jets and when the news warrants it happening and of course we'll have extensive draft coverage including live coverage of the of the round one of the nhl draft uh whatever day that is sometime in june my don't have a calendar handy and i'm not about to look at one but stay tuned is what it basically boils down to we are not going anywhere uh there was another part of rick bonus's post-game quotes that i know that are certainly uh well as he and i just watched it and let me tell you dear lord <laughs> Yeah, he's heated. And uh, the part that jumps out at me the most is, so we, we heard the, I, I reiterated the comments about no pushback. It's the same crap we saw in February. It was, this is the part that I ha- that hadn't seen before. As soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were mm-hmm. coming after us, we had no pushback. And what that means is as soon as the games got a little bit harder and as soon as teams didn't take us for granted, we had no ability to elevate our game. We what he's saying is the Jets need a spine. They need intestinal fortitude. Exactly. Right, Drew? Right. And you know that, right? Exactly. And you're right. So, I, I, you know, good on Bones. Like, you know, Dave and I watched it during the uh, during the commercial break because obviously those comments, uh, his comments were while we were on live to start the postgame show, right? So, yeah. I mean, I think anybody watching that game would not only be disappointed in how the first period started – but how the second period started and how there was no real pushback until late in the third period. When and, it didn't matter. And the thing is, like, I, I think if you look at how the Jets were playing in January, February, March, and then obviously the last eight or nine games of the season, once Rick Bonus moved Mark Shifley to the wing and then you had Vladislav Nemestikov in the middle, you know, clearly the Jets went on a run. Hellebuck was really good. But I think, you know, what happened in January, February, they weren't able to you know, sweep that under the rug. I think that kind of reared its ugly head here in this final. Pardon me, in this in, in this playoff round, in this first round. Um, so it's really disappointing. And, and then you throw in the fact that the Jets were really dominant in the first game and they couldn't get anywhere close to that, right? Like they were down three goals in game three and then obviously, you know, they forced overtime. But, you know, the, the, the whole key is you don't get down two goals. You don't get down three goals, right? And they did that again tonight. So you can't always play from behind and you can't always... Uh, depend on Connor Hellebuck making making 35 or 40 saves. Exactly right. I mean, look, Laurent Brassois, you know, the numbers look like Laurent Brassois outplayed Connor Hellebuck, but the Golden Knights make it so easy on Laurent Brassois. I mean, did you see the rebounds he was giving up in tonight's game? I mean, he was giving up rebounds that weren't, I mean, beyond juicy. But what happened? I remember those rebounds when he was the backup of the Jets. I mean, that's that's always been really the knock on... uh, on on Brassois is that his rebound control and the, and the fact that he'll he'll give up the odd you know quote unquote easy goal. The difference is you couldn't get to the mid. You couldn't get to the middle, Drew, and that's and I think that's what you're getting at is exactly the, right. the, the Golden Knights. I had a picture you know from Colby Spencer, our, our crack photographer, and welcome back, Alex James. I want to welcome Alex back. He's uh, had to deal with some health issues, but Alex is back and feeling good again, and he was Absolutely. able to shoot the uh, Jets game for us, uh, game four, I believe he shot, and maybe right. game, no game four, and he also was shooting tomorrow's moose game so welcome back to alex and to of course colby's there every game so i always say thanks to colby for his phenomenal photography that 
has made our website and our Instagram so much better mm -hmm. uh, with his contributions. But um, no, what I was going to say is like, it was interesting because I saw a picture of uh, Kyle Connor that Colby took and it was Kyle Connor and it was four golden Knights and they were completely protecting the house. And all I could think about is this is the reason the jets have nobody who is willing to try and penetrate the house and they have nobody who's willing to go to the tough areas. And there were so many instances watching these games where the Jets are kept to the perimeter. And it's all that Bruce Cassidy has talked about. You don't let them get to the to the middle. Right. They kept them to the outside. And you're 100% right, Drew. It's like Some the of Jets these have second-round series all over again, right? It is. It is. Again, like I said, with the absence of one, Mark Shifley, and two, your top, one of your top two defensemen. And so it's 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 deja vu, as he, unfortunately, for, for Jets fans all over again. But yeah, I mean, Bruce Cassidy talked about it. We'll give them the perimeter all day and all. And we talked about it with Jesse Granger on Saturday's show. They're going to give the Jets the perimeter. They're not going to let them get to the house. And that's what they prevented. And as a result, the Jets really just didn't have those opportunities to bang home those, those rebounds. And really, when they were kind of getting to those spots, it was too little too late. Yeah, that's just it. I mean, it, it, it's just, you know, they, they, they aren't able to... I don't know if it's a desire thing or if it's just an uh, it's an unwillingness to do it, but whatever it is, it obviously isn't something that can be easily rectified. I mean, a coach doesn't do what Rick Bonus did tonight if he has any faith at all in these players. He's also not trying to fire him up for next year. <laughs> no, it's like I'm not going to send a message to them in the last game of the season. You know, the, the, he doesn't do what you know what what he did. If 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 he believes it, it, you know in this group one iota as currently constructed, you you just you know at the end of the season, usually what do you hear from from coaches? You hear platitudes. You hear you know uh, well you we, we ran fought, out of gas. We fought hard, but we just you know we yeah. lost to a good team over there. Right, we lost to a good team. Well, and and Drew, and Drew, what'll be curious? Or, what would be curious? So sorry to interrupt you, but just quick quickly, what'll be curious will be you know, the sobering second thoughts and what his, his mindset and his, his comments will be, you know, well, I, I, I don't know. Said he's already spoken the truth. No, no, I understand that. I, know I agree no, with Drew, Dave. I, I realize there will be sober second thought, but you can't just, you can't no, go I back understand. and be like, you oh, you know what? I didn't really mean that. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I know. I know. I agree. You like, again, he's going to have to stand behind it because he said it. He's just going to, you know, how it'll be, I, I guess what I'm saying is to see the future, it'll be curious to see how he frames the past. Yeah, sure, and that you know, and, and it's going to be interesting. You know, that's some good one right there. That was, that was really well done. Yeah. You know, what does Kevin shovel day off? One eleven in the morning too, and I'm coming and up you, with that. That, stuff. May, that might be when you hit your your hit your peak. Actually, Dave. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. But what does Kevin shovel day off say? Because I mean, look, you just can't you can't brush this under the rug like they tried to do last off season. You know, and, and, and you know maybe you could try and get away with it for one off season. But you can't do it again. You mm -hmm. can't have another coach, well-respected coach. You know, Paul Maurice, you know, is a well-respected head coach. He's won a lot of games in this league. He's lost more. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, he's lost a lot of games. But he's but he's been around because he's well-respected. He quit on this team. Rick Bonus didn't quit on this team, but he basically torched this team and said. It's it's unfixable, as currently constructed. That's two coaches in a row now. You can't just brush that off as as, as you know a minor coincidence. There's smoke. There's fire. 
it's no there's it, 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 there's no and doubt not just about, about it. Dave's head, and, 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 truth, and, Dave's and that's head. why there's a there's a strong case to be made that there should be just like there was a year ago, right? That there should be significant moves on this roster, and none of us know. The three of us don't know. Nobody in the chat, n- nobody in the, in Winnipeg sports media knows, you know, what moves are to come. But I think we'll be surprised if at least one or two of these pieces aren't moved because of the fact uh, of how disappointing the season ended. I, and I, I said it before. I really do think this season is more disappointing because of the fact that you were in first place or second place in the Central and then you fell all the way down. You never fell out of a wild card spot, but you you I were close, close to falling out of yeah. a playoff spot. And also just the way, that, you know, again, you know, Mark Shifley gets injured again. You know, Nikolai Ehlers misses four out of the five games. Josh Morrissey, you know, your best defenseman, he misses the majority of the series, right? It's just, there, there needs to be significant changes, not just, you know, bringing in, you know, some depth players. We're talking about mm-hmm. moving some core pieces and and potentially moving on from Kevin Cheveldayoff. I'm not advocating for him to be replaced. I'm just saying, I think you have to, at the very least, be considering a new general manager. It's not, it's not my, it doesn't matter what I think. It's what uh, Mark Chipman and, you know, ownership thinks. That's, that's who makes the decision. Right. So they're not going to listen to me. They're the ones that have to decide, okay, Chevy, you've done, thank you for your 12 years of service, but we're going to have to go in a different direction. They're, they're the ones that are going to have to make that call. And they have to make that call, you know, from the, that call deserves to be made from the hockey side of things, but it also needs to be made from the business side of things because you can't continue, no matter how much you value the loyalty that you have for Kevin Shoveldayoff, and that's fine, but the business side of things demands a change. You know, if I'm running a restaurant and I have a head chef that used to be a great head chef, but a restaurant his, but his food is getting gradually worse by the year until nobody's coming to the restaurant anymore because the food sucks. You got to make the change. Mm-hmm. You might not want to make the change. You might love that head chef. You might be as you, know, you but you're running a business. And if you want to stay in business, you have to make the change. You have to make some hard decisions. And, and that's where the Winnipeg Jets are. You might, the, you know, you know, uh, you know, if truth, you know, if you injected him with truth serum, would Kevin Shovel, would Mark Chipman want to get rid of Kevin Shovel day off? No, probably not. He seems very loyal to him. Does he need to do it? Yes, he does. It's no longer a case of Kevin Shovel day off might be the right guy for the job. It's just the time has come. And if you're, you know, if you want to have that impact on the business side of things, you also need to make that change. Tough duck, hardest hitting comment for tonight's post game show, Mr. Ginsburg. One fifteen in the morning. So many of you joining us. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, rate us, review us, leave us some feedback. We will be back Saturday morning, nine a.m. with the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. You know it's going to be a very busy show. We don't know when locker cleanout day is just yet. Seems like it might be on Saturday, but as soon as we know, we'll let you know. And if it's Saturday while we're while we're live, it's going to be a very entertaining illegal curve hockey show. Uh, Mr. Ginsburg, tough duck, hardest hitting comment. We've done eighty. This will be the eighty seventh giveaway of the season. So who's winning it tonight? Yeah, and and just before I, I announce who's going to win it, uh, thanks to everybody all year long for joining us on the post game show. I think I speak for Drew and Dave. I mean, mm-hmm. we have such a loyal. You know, so many loyal members of IC Nation joining us, you know, even after losses. So the final Tough Duck hardest hitting comment is going to go to one of the best names out there, 
We're going to give it to Poopy Pants. Oh, Back poopy at 1257, Bones should have done the mic drop when he walked away from the post-game presser. He's not going to come back. This team team may have broke him. I don't know if he's not going to be back. Also, because Poopy Pants is just you know showing off a, a great catch there. So love that avatar as well. So Poopy Pants, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com. People used to call me Poopy Pants, by the way. But Ezra at IllegalCurve.com, Poopy Pants, and send me your mailing address. And Tough Tuck will ship out. A trucker hat. So your poopy pants is going to get the last trucker hat of the season. Wonderful! Congratulations to Poopy Pants for joining us and winning the top Poopy top. Pants. Also donated uh, some money to IC. So thank you, Poopy nice. Pants. Oh, Poopy Pants. Nice. There he's, he's in our. So community. Poopy Pants, for the record, did not win because he donated the money, but that didn't hurt him. From what did not Dave M? You got some tickets to give away. How do you want to do that? Uh, I do indeed have some tickets. I know Steve B in the chat has been met emailing me for some tickets so i'm gonna hit steve b with some uh couple of tickets but i've also got more to give away so if you'd like to go to the manitoba moose game one tomorrow against the milwaukee admirals then uh, send me an email dave at illegalcurve.com or slide into my dms at ic dave or you go to the sun so tomorrow's game is a seven o'clock start sunday drew i believe is a two o'clock start or three o'clock i'm not 100 certain okay. i'll uh, I check right two, now dave. 2 p.m start yeah. on sunday Game two, Milwaukee Admirals, Manitoba Moose, rematch of last year. So it should be a good one. And, of course, the ice are playing tomorrow. So it's going to be a lot of good hockey still to come in this city. And IllegalCurve.com is going to be your source for all of that. But, uh, yeah, if you want to go to those games, send me an email. I might have – right now I've got uh, the the four tickets. And for the record, if you don't get the tickets, there's an offer for anyone who goes on the website – Check the uh, the Winnipeg Jets morning papers. Whenever the note is about the moose, there's a link that you can click and you can get tickets for like, I think it's like 18 bucks a ticket for pretty good seats. So a uh, pretty good deal. If you don't get the free tickets, you can still go for a pretty minimal cost and you'll be able to go to the game for uh, playoffs. And it should be a lot of fun. And the moose, I've, I'm told, are encouraging folks to wear white. So if you want to bring some white out to the moose, you are more than welcome to do so as well. I thought everyone was getting like a replica Dave mask. I thought it was going to be a Dave out is what I thought it was going to be at the Moose game on uh, this this coming weekend. No, uh, but I can tell you right now, Dave might be out when suddenly the press box is filled with all these people who haven't been there all season long. I'm like, boys, boys, no, 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 I don't think they so. They have to come kiss the ring if they're going to start showing uh, no, up. No, I'm just going to tell Perry, the, I'm going to tell Perry the security guard not to allow them in. There you go. Very reasonable of you. Dave M runs that press box. He get, you're gonna you're gonna use it like a velvet rope and everything else. And <laughs> you're true. in. You're in. You're cool. You're cool. You gone. You know that. Make sure that you got security around you at all times. There, uh, Mister Manuk. Uh, want to say thank you to all the sponsors of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, the Illegal Curve Post Game Show, and of course IllegalCurve.com, and our newest sponsor. The Rady JCC Sports Dinner coming up June 19th of this year featuring Chris Chelios, Ed Belfour, and Jeremy Roenick. We're pleased to be partnering with the Rady JCC on this great event, uh, raising money for some of the great programming that the Rady JCC does for the community. Those three Chicago Blackhawk legends all on one stage. So be sure to check that out for more information, RadyJCC.com. We'll have more information here uh, throughout the Saturday shows moving forward as well. But a big thank you to them, and we're going to be there, of course, for that great event coming up on June the 9th. 19th want to say a big thank you uh to our sponsors i guess actually one more thing seagram shot of the game who's getting it which goal i got it as as, as he's getting into seagram shot of the game you know boys you got to go out strong go hard or go home right 
There you go. As he shoot it back, fireball tastes like heaven, burns like hell. As he getting the Seagram's <sighs> shot. Boys, you know, game. I've always been a team player in the 14 years we've been doing this show. So, I mean, if it, if it, if it means I take a fireball shot at 20 after one in the morning, after the Jets lose, I'll do it. There you go. Mr. Oh, tastes good. I'm going to sleep yeah. well tonight. I'm going to sleep like a baby. <laughs> Mr. Ginsburg gets the Seagram's shot. Dave, I'm shot. sleeping on your floor tonight. You know I have extra bedrooms, right, Es? <laughs> You're letting him upstairs, Dave. You don't let him upstairs ever. Oh, Seagram's shot of the game down, nice. <laughs> goes mm. to Ezzy. A big thanks to yum, our friends yum, at yum. Seagram's for their sponsorship of the Illegal Curve post. Oh, the answer show. to your question is nobody deserves this. The only people who deserve a shot of the game are all the people in the chat yeah. who deserve. This is like when the when the, when they picked the three stars and they went the fans. I think was that 2015. Anaheim, Anaheim, yeah, yeah, yeah the Anaheim series. So I think when they picked the fans, well, we're gonna get, pick all of you because win, lose, or I see Drew. You folks have joined us uh, night in and night out. Doesn't matter whether it's a seven o'clock start or a 9 20 start we always appreciate the fact that you guys yeah. and girls join us uh each and every game uh, as he said it already but I'll, I'll reiterate the point because it's one i i agree with wholeheartedly we appreciate every time you guys join us the chat makes the show and and we you know spent 12 years on radio and it, it doesn't hold a candle to how much uh more we get from being on this format and in this medium being able to speak and interact with you on a much Preach, more personal Dave, manner than than when we ever did when we were on terrestrial radio so thanks again for joining us uh, for our second full season i think it's two and a half years now we've yeah. been doing this format of the show of the post game show but uh you know without your support uh it wouldn't be it wouldn't be worth doing and because of what you guys do and what you bring each and every time we do this show uh we love it and we have a great time so thanks again and it makes it worth it makes staying up worth it and we'll uh continue to do it next year and every year after exactly right we want to say a big thank you because they also make it possible our sponsors who make this show possible our friends at rumors restaurant and comedy club linden market dental center zapia group realty betway tough duck boston pizza seagram's rollies transfer grid park and the keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey the first post game show started back in october it's now the end of april for the 87th time this season, we thank you for joining us for the Illegal Curve post-game show. We remind you to join us Saturday morning, 9 a.m., the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We'll be back with much more on the end of the regular Jets uh, The Jets season. We'll be covering the end of the season in its entirety. So that'll happen every Saturday moving forward. Even if there's no post-game shows, the Saturday show continues strong. We thank you all for joining us. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere because we always like to know what you guys think of our fine programming. For Dave Manuk in the top corner, for Ezra Ginsburg in the bottom middle, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks for joining us. Until Saturday at 9 a.m., we wish you good night and good luck. And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve postgame show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.